Hey, BSN listeners. We're excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee can't make any claims, but this CBD-enriched coffee has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, decreased anxiety, you name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. This coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. So check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use promo code BSN2018 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. The Sportsbook Bar and Grill is owned by Denver natives who love Colorado sports. I'm a big sports guy. I love watching sports. I love people's reaction to sports when it's a high-stakes game. No matter what's going on in the world, it kind of unifies people, and everyone seems to be a friend, you know, when you're at a sports bar. So, yeah, that's, that's the main reason I want to get involved in the sports bar. That was John Porter, part owner of Sportsbook. Him and his team pride themselves in creating a great environment for you to enjoy your favorite sports with TVs in every direction you look and so much more. Something that makes Sportsbook unique is not just a sports bar. We also have a killer menu um, with a bunch of, we got pizza burgers and melts and the combination of the food with the experience of, of a Broncos game or an Avalanche game or a Rockies game and having all that stuff packed into one. I mean, no one wants to sit at home by themselves and watch a game. You want to be around friends or you want to make new friends. You want to be full while you do it. And you also would like to have a few drinks with it as well. So with all the beers we have on tap and the diversity of our menu, there's no better spot to watch sports. You feel like you're in your house with all of your friends with you. If you're in the area, be sure to stop by the Sportsbook Bar and Grill today. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast. Powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. For the Colorado Avalanche, that's Matt Duchesne. Right now, news is breaking that he has been involved in a trade that has been completed, and it looks like they have pulled him off the ice here after just playing a couple of minutes to start this hockey game. The best Avalanche coverage in Denver. Fans have the puck again in the New York zone. Shot, score! Taking you beyond the ice and inside the locker room. It's Gerard didn't have a stick. The handoff in the slot broken up with a skate by Gerard. He broke up that play. Then he stopped it there. Oh, wow. What a play by Gerard. <laughs> and now, here are your hosts, A.J. Hafley and Adrian Dater. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks And welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast on a Sunday night. The Avalanche beat the Detroit Red Wings 2-0 in Detroit, Little Caesars Arena. Uh, We are coming to you after the game. We're going to break it down here. I'm your host, Adrian Dater, joined by AJ Hayfley. We're brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Use the promo code BSN2018 at checkout to get 20% 20% off your order of CBD-infused coffee, and I can tell you folks that this is the coffee for you. AJ Hayfully, 
Welcome to the BSN Avalanche podcast on a Sunday night. How are you doing, sir? How would you describe the game you just saw in 20 words or less? 20 words or less. Um, uh, boring, hate-filled, fun ending. <laughs> okay, let's start with the let's start with the middle part. Okay. Hate-filled. Yeah. Now, AJ, I wrote my you know, observations tonight on the game with a, a bit of a nod to the past, even though I don't want to, I really don't want to live in the past. Like one of the things I wrote about tonight was how I kind of meditated and really trying to forget the past, you know, uh, forget about it. You can enjoy the past and good memories, but don't live in the past. Uh, but yet I couldn't help but live in the past a little bit tonight after watching that, what you say, hate-filled game. I don't think I'd go that far, though. I think while it was a nice remembrance of of uh, as wings games past, it, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't quite hateful, but it was it was fun to see. Geez, a fight, uh, some hate. Well, hate's a strong word. Some contention on the ice between those two teams. We had a stick grabbing incident on on the bench at the end of the game. Uh, a guy named Bertuzzi fought against the Avs. You know, it was it was a nice throwback game, but overall, uh, I thought it was, you know, let's not get carried away here. It was it was it was a contentious game, and more than we usually see in the NHL now. But uh, it was it was it was overall just kind of a kind of a mediocre hockey game, but one that the Avalanche, you know, put away in the end. And I don't. I think I think that's the way it was. It was it was it was a fun, feisty game, but that's that that was about it. And, and the Avs kind of got away with one, I think, tonight. Your thoughts? Um, I mean, they got they caught a couple of breaks along the way. Um, you know, the first thirty seconds of the game, they should have been down one nothing. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> beyond that, man, I I don't think they played very well offensively. But I think this was one of their best defensive efforts of the season. Uh, especially from the second period on, they really put the screws to Detroit's offense. Uh, yeah. They gave up very, very little in terms of quality and and quantity. I mean, for that matter, um, it was a really low event game in terms of shots. It was a very high event game in terms of uh, adrenaline, uh, you know, and, and fights and, you know, it, it – it it got a little it got a little feisty in the second half of the game, but um, I mean it you know the Avs the Avs did what they had to do. It really you know given that it was a one nothing game so late into the third period, uh, I never was really all that worried about the about Detroit scoring and tying it up. I never really had like that that feeling in the pit of my stomach like oh man, they're gonna get they're gonna get one eventually because they just weren't creating anything. They weren't generating yeah, I, anything. Yeah, I had I had some of the same feelings. I I was a little nervous that the wings would somehow tie it up, uh, just just based on some kind of you know normal life expect you know pattern of mine where I that's what I expect you know bad things at the end. Uh, but I but on the other hand, I never really felt like Detroit was just quite good enough to really do it. You know, like they just don't have the finishers of, of the years past. I mean, there's, there's no more Eiserman and Shanahan and Fedorov and, 
and on and on to, to make finish plays off. They seem like they have a lot of guys who can skate and pretty well. They were a lot faster team than I remembered from last year. Like they've got a lot faster, but yeah, they just don't have the offense. I, uh, I was surprised at the game. I never, this game thought would go a a different way about, you know, five times. Like I thought something was going to happen just then to make it go the other way. And it never really did. Uh, Yeah, I was just kind of got an easy goal in an otherwise very hard played, hard fought game that, Ironically, was won just by kind of an easy tap-in power play goal. Uh, yeah, I mean that six seconds of power play time in this one <laughs> you know, follows up on the uh, what did they have against Pittsburgh last week? Like nine seconds. <laughs> of power play time? Like, yeah, just 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 get on the ice and get off real quick. <laughs> right. All right, they scored. All right, well that's over with. Let's move on. Just let them take your take your shot. <laughs> take your, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, just 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 come out and take your beating here. That was that was fast. I mean, six seconds. Gosh. Yeah. Well, they win the face off. Uh, you know, it goes yeah. it goes back to the point. They get it down low. They make and the check pass, and it's in. That it was that simple. That was it. That's it. That 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 in the end describes this hockey game. But yet it was a really hard fought game. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I was really impressed by Detroit's forecheck, but also the Avs' doggedness and not collapsing. I mean, they could have, you know, there could have been a, a couple plays tonight where Detroit cashed in the, uh, the the Varley giveaway on the puck handling at the end of, uh, was it, oh, was it period? Uh, the end of one period. Is that awful or what? And you're like, oh my God. And uh, I think Detroit hit, you know, just missed the net. Uh, who was it that had that breakaway down the left side? Uh, fantasy U. Right. Okay. And then Z just crushed him later. I feel like a couple minutes later. Yeah, no, weird game. But, I mean, in the end, you, you have to say the Avalanche just played a really good road game in a way and just uh, never gave them too much. And, while they weren't very good offensively, they uh, they just made the plays when they had to, and and uh, game over, two points on to on to Pittsburgh. That's that's the beauty of having a really talented team, as I wrote AJ. Like you can not play very well sometimes, but you just you'll just still pull it out based on your talent alone. Yeah, and it was I think it was good um, to see them win a game like this because for the last several weeks they've been uh, they've been clicking on. Uh, pretty much every facet of their game has really been, uh, you know, top notch. The power play, the penalty kill, five v five. They've been they've been just crushing teams in the last couple of weeks, um, and it's it was it was good to see them. You know, this was this was like you said, it was a hard fought game. It was a close game. Um, it felt like a one nothing game, but at the same time, it didn't have that normal feel of. You know, one the night. You know what? Any like one bounce could could completely change the course of the game. It just sort of felt like the game where that bounce was never going to come, and it did. And it didn't. It 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 was very just. The Avs just locked it down, and they they geared it down. They played a smart defensive game, and uh, they played a safe defensive game without 
turtling, you know, without just completely rolling over and saying, well, we're just going to, you know, like they did in Nashville where it was like, hey, we're hanging on for dear life. That that wasn't the case in the third period. You know, I mean, the Avs only gave up 11 shots on goal in the final two periods combined. Yeah. You know, they're down. They go into a third period up one nothing, and they only gave up five shots on goal in the entire period. And three of them came in the last two minutes. I mean, that's that's locking it down. That's doing yeah. what you got to do. Um, I mean, that's that's a really good and, and it's a good win. It's on the road. It's against an inferior opponent. They pulled out two points from a not very good team uh, at the beginning of a road trip where, uh, you know, the 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 quality of the teams that they're going to, to face is going to ramp up significantly uh, in the next couple days. So, you know, they 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 banked the points. They got their 10th road win already of the yep. season. And, you know, they, they made sure that Nashville isn't putting any kind of separation uh, there. They're both have, have 27 games played. Both have 37 points. You know, I mean, this is the Colorado put themselves they remain in a very, very good position. Yep. They uh, they certainly did. Uh, AJ, we're going to take a break probably uh, after this yeah. segment here. Come back uh, after the break. Break down the game some more. Maybe uh, look a little ahead to Pittsburgh, but also just keep breaking this game game down. I thought it was a, a, a more we can talk about. Uh, maybe after that we'll talk some uh, some abs questions and stuff from the pods. So let's take a break here. This is the BSN Avalanche pro- Podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. We'll be right back after this message. Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by InWeGo, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can, including Avalanche games, for only $39 per month. There's no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. You can get tickets to Avalanche home games with your InWeGo subscription for only $39 a month. And it's not just Avs games. It's Rockies, Rapids, Nuggets, Buffs, Concerts, Beer Tastings, food fests, comedy shows, concerts, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it just like we all did at BSN Denver. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Now, enjoy the show. And welcome back into the BSN Avalanche podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Go to StravaCoffee.com. Click on the subscribe button, put in the promo code BSN2018, get yourself 20% off. AJ, the best coffee I've ever had. I know you don't drink coffee, but trust me. I, I'll tell you, it's I a, have the last two home games. That's right. I've you had, said that. And, but I've that, had to, man. Yes. Right? You need the Strava uh, mellow difference that it makes with the CBD-infused bean, but... It also peps you up. It does both. AJ, I don't know how they do it, but it's a miracle. Speaking of miracles, speaking of miracles, AJ, uh, well, first of all, the Big Bang. I mean, that qualifies, right? 
but second, I don't know, did, is the Big Bang real? <laughs> well, if it is, it was a miracle. Uh, so did, we'll leave did it at nothing that. Nothing really blow up into something, and, and by something I mean everything. I mean that has to be a really dense nothing to explode into everything, right? But. The second law of thermodynamics, AJ, as you well know, states that nothing can be created from nothing. So somebody had to create that original ball of whatever it was that exploded into the nether regions that are spanning today as you and I speak. Correct? Sure. (laughs) So what's for the dater, hatefully religious debate uh aj let's move on to actual stuff we're more qualified to talk about which is hold on (laughs) yeah okay hold on the second law of thermodynamics says that the entropy of an isolated system always increases well right but well it also states in there in effect though that uh, non-energy cannot create energy like it cannot so yeah, if you're talking about entropy increasing, it has to be created first, though. That's that's never mind. I, it, I'm right, but I can't quite explain it correctly. It's you're right, yet there's more to it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I was just literally <laughs> reading it. <laughs> that's funny. I'm hockey writers delve into thermodynamics. No, I love talking about that stuff. Well, that's another podcast. But I, I listen. I like to talk more about stuff than just hockey. You know, it's uh, the creation of the universe is something I've always been keenly interested in learning more about because I really would like to know how it all happened. So um, you know, but uh, all I can do, man, is just cover toothless men pushing a piece of galvanized rubber around. So you know. Uh, that's that's what we should really. That's what people want to listen to us for. The Avalanche beat the Red Wings tonight two nothing. We were just talking in the last segment, like the Avs didn't play that great, but yet good enough, smart enough, doggone it, people liked them enough to to win the game. I mean, they don't have to be great to win anymore. They've got so much talent that they can just play a good ten minutes offensively and just play pretty good defensively and they're going to get a win, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and, and I, I would just like to say, uh, I was really happy that Varley, the king of the 58 minute shutout finally <laughs> yeah. got a full one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's piled up a few, but yeah, he's lost a few in the last two minutes. He, you know, I mean, he, he really didn't know. He really didn't have to make a lot of spectacular saves at all. But, uh, no, he did not. But, you know, he had a lot of pressure in his own end. I mean, if not pressure, just play in his own end. I mean, the Red Wings yeah. got the puck deep and forechecked really hard. There were times where I thought where the Avs were just doing well to get it out of their own zone. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, they did. Like, they didn't make a lot of horrible passes, really. Uh, they just... They just got forechecked really hard. Detroit skated well tonight. I thought they were a really good team that that didn't get anything from their efforts. Uh, but uh, what do you think? Were all right. Let's 
I mean, we saw the McKinnon goal. Um, they, to me, that was that was a weird sequence that happened. Like the Avs weren't getting many calls. Uh, Red Wings were kind of owning some play for a while, and then all of a sudden, Colin Wilson gets tripped, and six seconds later, they scored a goal. I, I don't know. I never felt like they. Uh, it was really coming in a way, but uh, when it did come, it felt like geez, maybe we'll be able to steal one tonight. And that's what happened. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's really what it felt like. And, and it was just, man, it was such a boring game, honestly. Like, <laughs> I didn't think it was, was that boring. This is a really, really hard game to talk about because it just was boring. And then, all, of course, when all hell broke loose, it was fascinating. Yeah. And it was, and it was tremendous theater while it was still going on. But, like, the actual game itself, the gameplay itself, the actual hockey being played was just not very interesting. But, you know, when when Ian Cold uh, crushed Athanasiu at, at center ice and then had to fight a guy for it, and then Nemeth hit Dylan Larkin, and Larkin looked like he was hurt, and then the concussion protocol uh, kicked in and removed him for part of the game. And... And uh, Nemeth had to fight for it, and then a few minutes later, Zadorov crushed a guy, and nobody did anything. Yeah, that was that was the part that cracked me up. Was they like those two big hits happened, and it was like, oh, we got to get those guys. And then Zadorov hit somebody, and everybody was like, no, I'm, I'm good, man. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, big guy over there eating greedy. I'm just glad it wasn't me. Yeah, just. Z just slapped down a fool and stopped that nonsense. That's really what happened. Yeah, it was it was it was quite entertaining. Um, but it, <laughs> I also I, I I mean I guess we should talk about the Calvert thing. Yeah, what did you see? Um, did he so, did he have the stick grabbed and jab, or did he jab first and then get the stick stick grabbed? So what I saw was. The stick, the stick was uh, over in the bench, and the guys on the bench grabbed it. Yeah. And when he tried to skate away, and they they were holding on to it, he was like, "Okay, that's yeah. not great." Yeah, that's what and I saw. So he turned around, and yeah. then he he definitely tried to spear Bertuzzi. Yeah, uh, I don't know if he got him or not. I'm assuming he did, um, because then like Dylan Larkin kind of lost his shit. Yeah. And that's when Larkin grabbed Calvert, and then Bertuzzi dropped his glove, and then obviously, you know, we all saw he punched Calvert in the face, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, with you know, without the glove on, you know, yeah. he just straight up punched him right in the face. Uh, you know, Calvert was bleeding, and you know, left yeah. a big old mark on his face after the game, um, and and for some reason, um. Uh, there was no explanation given to anybody. Bedner said he didn't even talk to the referees after the game. Uh, Calvert Calvert said that the referee, um, the only the only response that the referee gave was uh, about what Calvert did, not what not what happened to him. Hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm not sh- I I for me. I tweeted out that I thought Larkin and Bertuzzi should both be suspended. Larkin grabbed a guy on from the bench, grabbed a, grabbed a player on the ice, and and this is while play was still active. While play is live, mm-hmm. grabs the guy on the bench and restricts him from going anywhere. And then Bertuzzi punches him while the dude holds him. You know, while while Larkin is holding Calvert in place, 
And while Calvert definitely speared a dude on the bench. So mm-hmm. if he gets something, he earned that. Um, but, I mean, I, how do you not give 10 games to, to Bertuzzi? Right. Third man in, right? Well, I mean, the, the motherfucker's on the bench. Yeah. Like, he's not even he's not even in the in play. And, like, like play is live. And, mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm going to. I'm gonna try and take a deep breath here. Okay, so like the, the game is like the day the game is going on, and they grab a guy on the ice. Like the dude that grabs him needs to get a penalty because you can't make it okay for people to just grab players like that. Like the rule book even states it's a game misconduct. Yeah. No penalty was assessed on the ice, so there's got to be something like. I would give Larkin one game for grabbing him, and I would give Bertuzzi 10 games for punching a dude that's being held. Like, even if that was on the ice, in in play, if one teammate is holding a guy in place and the other guy's punching him, we'd all be losing our minds. But it was well, on the bench, so we're still losing our minds because it's it's just it's incredibly cowardly, and it's just it's nonsense, man. Like, this is not like good old-time hockey. You know, this isn't Rob Ray punching an idiot fan who jumped onto the ice. You know, like that guy earned Mike that. Goodness. Yeah. You know, like Matt Calvert, Matt Calvert's a, a player and the dude is on the ice and he's playing the game and they the, the, the players on the bench grab his stick. Now, I get that there's some gamesmanship and that those things happen every now and then, you know, and it's like, haha, you know, you it's it's not a big deal. But it turns into a pretty big deal when they won't let him go while play is going on. That needs to be a penalty immediately. But then all the bullshit that followed it? No. You can't you cannot let players just decide, oh sure, the bench is now in play. Are you fucking kidding me? In what sport is the are the guys on the bench? What could you imagine if that was like that 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 case in the NFL? Do you remember a couple of years ago when the the coach Stuck out his knee and and yeah. uh, tripped that player in football, yeah. and the dude got fired. Yep, like rightfully so. You can't do that. Yeah. It's it's the bench. The yep. bench is off limits for guys who are on the ice, and the guys on the well, ice are off limits for the guys who are on the bench. You cannot. We know. I don't even know this for sure, though. Do we know, though, that the rules don't sort of – there's a gray area here, though, where it's they're going to say, well, okay, yeah, our guy punched the guy on the from the bench, but their guy tried to spear his ass with a stick. So what? what's – you know, what's going to be the final arbiter here? They're probably going to just say, yeah, both sides were – we're bad here, and let's just wash our hands of it. That's probably what I think the league is. You know, Honestly, if they even bother to look at this at all. I would give it. I would give Calvert the same as Larkin. I'd give him one game. Dude mm-hmm. from the on the on the ice can't be spearing guys on the bench. That's horseshit. You can't do that. Yeah, but he, he got his, yeah, he got a stick held. I don't think he tried to. I think the word spear. I mean, we oh, can I debate think, it. I think he, he definitely speared him. Like he, he was, got his, he had a stick held. He threw a stick back at them. That's what he did. I mean, he came back to get it, and then he was like, "I'm going to get my money's worth with this. I'm going to let them know I'm not happy well, about that." Man, he tried to. He tried to pull it f- at first, though. He tried to pull right. it at first. Right. So then, when it didn't get that, he gave them. He came over and like, okay, I'm just going to take my stick. But, you know, and then it got held. So then he, yeah, and then he, like, pushed back, right? 
Yeah, I think I. I'm watching. Yeah. It, I'm literally watching it right now, and I think I think he absolutely spears Bertuzzi, yeah. or he he starts. So they're grabbing him, and then he goes back, and he definitely spears him, and that's what causes five guys to jump on top of him. Yeah. Well, so I think I would give Calvert a game. I would give Larkin a game, and I'd give Bertuzzi ten. You're not supposed to be able to punch from the bench on anything. You know that's right. that is a rule. I mean that that's you can you can. I think react on the bench or something, but you can't go throwing haymakers. And, and more than one guy did that. I mean, who were the other couple goons in the wings who threw punches? There, there are literally five guys that jump yeah, on him. Everybody was throwing punches. But the one, and I, I mean, and the fact that they were able to get this slowed down and that he took his glove off, punches him, and then sits back down on the bench and puts his glove back on real quick and doesn't get involved in it, Bertuzzi should be done for 10. <laughs> I mean, by the letter, by the rule of law, maybe so. Um, I have a feeling that will not be what is levied, but but we'll see. We'll see. I uh, I got a guy at the league I can check with. The same guy I got the uh, advance word yesterday that Eric Johnson would not get a suspension for that hit on on uh, Alexander Steen. And AJ, you want to touch on that real quick before we go to uh, next break and maybe. Get some questions, break down the game even more. Uh, do you want to address your thoughts on EJ not getting a suspension? I think you were pretty anti-suspension all along, but uh, no, I thought I thought he might get one just because yeah. he had a history. No, you, you you said that. Yeah, I think you said that originally. Like, yeah, he might get one, but 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 overall, like you know, it's really the, the fact that lot. he got a major, I think, yeah. was really the biggest reason why it was unnecessary. He essentially served his one game suspension in the loss yeah. of the Blues. There you go. That's a great point. Yep. So exactly. I'm, 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 I'm of the opinion that that's, that was sufficient. Uh, I was a little surprised just because his history would say maybe they would, maybe they would, you know, say, yeah. Hey, no thanks. But on the same night where they let Tom Wilson get away with that bullshit. Uh, God, you know, no way. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was pretty <laughs> surprised by that one, but um, I talked to an NHL guy right after that happened. And I think we both, Assume that the that Wilson hit him in the head. So I was still, oh, that's that's going to be forty games. I, uh, I guess he didn't, he didn't get it. But I thought it was still like a blatant hit from behind. He didn't. It was way interference. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was definitely interference. I thought it was well after the puck was gone. I thought it was a penalty. Uh, I was sitting. I was sitting in the press box the other day next to Michelle Goulet. Uh, I asked him what he thought about it. He thought it was a suspension. And, yeah. um, yeah. you know, you can you can throw the have you ever played the game at me um, all you want, but you can't throw it at that dude. Yeah. And he thought he thought it was a penalty. So I was like, OK. Yeah. Yeah. What goo what goo generally says is uh, definitely worth uh, taking to the bank. Uh, right. Uh, OK, AJ. Well, let's uh, let's take a break here for uh, second segment uh, intermission here. Uh, come back, talk a little, finalize our thoughts on the game tonight, maybe take a peek ahead to uh, Pittsburgh and then uh, get to a couple of your questions and, uh, and, and close it out from there. Uh, let's, so let's take that break. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. We'll see you after the break. 
Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. What if I told you you could order your liquor on a mobile app, have it delivered to you the same day, and save money doing it? Well, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they're locally owned and operated, so you're helping out the local guy, the Total Beverage guy. And you know how we love the local guy here at BSN Denver. Now listen up, folks. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off $50 purchases on their website and app. Use the code BSN10 to save $10 off $50 for your holiday parties and have it delivered right to your door. Just go to TotalBev.net, download the Total Beverage app, use the code BSN 10 for $10 off your delivery order. That's BSN 10 on the Total Beverage app to get $10 off your next liquor order. And welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast segment number three. Adrian Dater here with you with the estimable AJ Hayfley talking about the Avalanche's 2-0 2-0 victory over the Detroit Red Wings tonight. Going to finish up with our final thoughts on the on the podcast. Uh, brought to you, as always, by Strava Craft Coffee. Use the promo code BSN2018. Get 20% off your next order at StravaCoffee.com. AJ, bottom line to put a bow on tonight, I mean... You know, good win. Good road win. I got nothing really to complain about. I feel like the Avs kind of got away with one a little bit, but yet, eh, no, not really. They just Detroit. played a really good solid road game and got two points against two against Fools from Detroit. That's it. Yeah, yeah and I mean, let's be honest. Beating Detroit still feels good. And if anybody tries to tell me that the rivalry is dead, I need you to get over it. Absolutely. You, uh, you know, I'm... I'm I'm perfectly happy being impartial about the Avalanche while I cover them, but when it comes to Detroit, uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah, I don't I don't really put a lot of stock anymore into the you got to be uh, objective all the time thing. That's that's partly how newspapers and a lot of legacy media kind of went under it was a little too much, uh, you know, not reaching out to the fan. Really, care, being care a fan yourself, you, you can never lose being a fan. And so, what if you care about the team you cover? You should. Yeah. They're basically paying your livelihood. So 
but yeah, I'm not going to, you know, be a total cheerleader. I, I don't use go as go on every hashtag or anything on my, uh, on my Twitter like some people do. So, um, yeah. But you can have fun crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to get stupid. But yeah, I, I care about the team I cover and it's, it's okay to want them to win. I want the Avs fans. I want people that I read my stories to feel good. Or is that, is that so wrong, AJ? No. It's not wrong. <laughs> exactly. It's not It's not even a little bit wrong. It's not. It's not. I mean, you don't have to be a cheerleading fool. I'm not going to go out there and just, like, be a propagandist for the ass. But, yeah, I, I want them to win. Sure, I, I do. Don't, I don't feel like anybody that regularly follows our coverage would ever accuse us of being propagandists for the abs. <laughs> uh, no. But, you know, a lot of people do think that, though. <laughs> Probably live in Detroit and other places. You know. I mean, um, yeah, that, I mean, that's fine. Detroit fans came at me on Twitter tonight and I was like, look, bro, you live in Detroit and I don't. So I win. <laughs> I was going to say you put out a pretty, uh, pretty uh, provocative tweet to Wings fans tonight. Yeah. I don't know when it does that and gets all the hate. I said nothing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Back. Oh, gosh. I mean, I remember writing a, a rip job on the Wings and they're you know, bandwagon fans. Not so much the current fans, but the, the Wings fans who lectured as fans about attendance and you, you guys lost a team in Denver once. Yet yeah, we're we're hockey town. We've always been great hockey fans here. I, re- I pointed out some, you know, stuff about attendance to them one year. And this was like the first days of the internet, like 96. I remember got like thousands of rip job replies from Red Wing fans like you son of a bitch and yet all I do is point out the facts like Detroit used to give away a car at every game for 41 games in the 80s 41 cars a year they gave away to the Red Wings fans in the early 80s in Joe Lewis Arena for like 5,000 attendance games and yet they were starting to be the ones lecturing so that's what I'm saying is, yeah, no, look it up. Mike Illich, when he brought the Red Wings, their attendance was so bad in the early 80s, they had to give away a car at an intermission during every game. Uh, so 41 cars were given away for free, scot-free. Uh, anyway, yeah, we were saying some good old blood blood feud uh, memories kicked up tonight. It was It was fun. It was great to have some hate back in hockey with the Red Wings, and it's even better to motor on out of the Motor City with two points on your wing, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and for me, I mean, it's it's really it's it's a lot of fun to see how irrelevant they are playing inside their little pizza box. <laughs> and, um, all those all those Red Wings fans dressed up as empty seats tonight. I was really proud to see that their fandom is really thriving, and it's. You know, and that they're 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 not they're above that bandwagon stuff, and that those guys, you know, they really they really just embrace the spirit of Halloween on December second, and um, you know, I was just I was I was it was good to see. You know, I was really proud of all those guys that that shelled out the big bucks uh, to to eat crazy bread, watch their team get worked. So Red Wings fans dressed up as empty seats. That's yeah. That's the line of the night. We need to put that as the uh, the tagline on the podcast. 
<laughs> I just, well, by, I mean, did you see by the end of the game, somebody tweeted at me and was like, why is it so quiet in there? And I was like, because there's nobody there, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like we got we get more people that we get more people that come to our watch parties than showed up to Little Caesars Arena tonight. So how many how many how many wing wheel fans are you gonna you think we're gonna see at the uh, Pepsi Center rematch when the when the wings come to town? Gonna be a little more of a dwindling number than the bandwagon number of recent years past, don't you think, AJ? Yeah, it's been getting smaller every year. Like now that, like the forty-eight point year, there were a bunch because all those people were like, "Oh, they're gonna win," so we'll go to that game. Last year, they were like, "Ah, oh, we're not. We don't want to go and do that." No, they're gonna say mean things to us, and they're gonna make fun of our water supply. It's be embarrassing. And yeah. they they come to they come to Denver in March, so <laughs> by then they will definitely be out of it. They'll so. be playing for Jack Hughes by then. Yeah, exactly. They'll they're they'll will they will be in an extended run of just playing with themselves. So, um and you know, it's a long cold winter up there, so I get it. Yeah. Um but I'm I'm really I'm I'm excited that um you know, the 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 shoe is on this foot now. You know, yeah. the abs There were so many of- There used to be games all the time where Detroit would come in and play a kind of a bullshit game like that on the road and yet sneak out a win, you know, and you'd be like, "Ah, you'd be so pissed off about it." Because Detroit sometimes just won on town alone back in the old days. Tonight, shoes on the other foot. As didn't really play all that great, but yet two nothing yeah. win. E- pretty easy win when you look at it. Just move on. Detroit's just a just a you know also ran now. The Avs are way on a higher plane than them, and and going to much better places. And yeah. uh, you know, Detroit's Detroit's been lucky again in a way this year. They they still got a five hundred record. But yeah, it's gonna fade. They, that said, they were better than I thought tonight. Like I thought they skated really well. Like I, I was nervous about their forechecking pressure at times. Like they were really fast. I, I wasn't, man. I, you mentioned that they used to, they used to win on talent alone, and to me, that's that's the funniest part of all of it because watching them tonight, and I was just struggling to find any. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't have any respect for the majority of the guys on that team. I think they're garbage. Um, I think they're a bottom five team in the NHL. I don't think they have a goal no, I, that knows how to stop. No, I bet the old wings of the past could win on Tell. No, I, mean, I know. I know. Yeah. They definitely could. And I agree with you. And that's why I think seeing their current state is so amusing because yeah. they yeah, I mean, no, Dylan, gonna... Dylan Larkin is your best player. You're not going to win more than about 30 games. Yeah. I don't know what happened to that guy. He was oh. really good his first couple of years. Uh, I mean, he was he was really good his first year, and then you know what happened his second year, and then he had a good bounce back year last year. But yeah. in an in an era where there are eighty point players falling out of the sky, yeah. being a sixty three point guy isn't all that. No, no, all he that had a pretty good year. I didn't mean last year. I guess I'm thinking more two years ago, but yeah, for sure, he's not the uh, yeah. He hasn't been quite the same presence since those first couple of years. I uh, uh, really thought he was headed for like all stardom for a while i mean really look good uh but yeah he's he's kind of not making an impact uh you gave tyson jost a good grade tonight mm-hmm. that kind of ripped him in the well. uh i thought he was one of the few forwards that played well consistently. I, did i miss something though i i i, I didn't notice him a lot but 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 he wasn't out there very much that's for sure yeah, I mean, that's part of it. He's not getting a lot of ice time for a second-line guy. Why do you think Bednar moved him again to center to left wing? I mean, his numbers have been fine lately. Does he? Why does Bednar keep doing this with Jost? I mean, 
See, this isn't about Jost. This was tonight was about Kerfoot. Kerfoot's the one that got punished. But why are you getting that either? Kerfoot got jumped, dropped down to fourth line center tonight. I know. Like, very quietly. And Jost, uh, Jost has been on the left wing for a little while now, so I'm not too worried about that. Um, he had three shots on goal tonight. I thought he was aggressive. I thought he was good with the puck. I just didn't – I mean, he just wasn't out there very much. And that's my biggest question is – why, when you're protecting a lead, are you leaning on Matt Nieto and Matt Calvert so heavily? And, oh, I know. You know, like JT Comfer, I get. Like, you're going to lean on JT Comfer. I, Bedner loves him some JTC. So I get that. So Carl Soderberg, I get that. But I I think that there should be some, some, late, some late game changes to their approach. Uh, today, obviously, it's hard to complain too much because they locked it down so hard. But I do think that Jost... Uh, should take the spot next to Soderberg in late game situations. I think Jost is good defensively. He wins a lot of puck battles, uh, and he's he's really good on puck retrieval. And so I think he's the guy that should be next to Soderberg uh, in in late game defensive situations. Uh, the right wing, I would make. I would have. I would have a late game lineup of your top line, and then Jost, Soderberg, and Comfer, and I would lean on those two lines, um, kind of as your as your like last like two minutes um you're we're trying to protect a one goal lead those are the lines i think those should be the six guys they lean on um i'm not sure why bedner um continues to lean on the guys that he does but you know they're they're top of they're top of the standings right now so it's really hard to say that uh he's screwing this up too badly so yeah I don't know if I'd go as far as to say I think Joe should play more than Soderberg in in uh, late game situations. No, I think he should play with him or with him. Okay, yeah. All right. I thought you said take his place on. Certain no, 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 no. He should he should move next to Soderberg yeah, okay. in late game All situations right. ahead of Calvert, ahead of Nieto. All right. Well, never mind. I mean, I guess I I'm thinking you know just about Joe in general. I, I don't know. I I didn't think he. He should be moved at this point. I mean, he's he's fine. I don't, I don't, I don't like breaking up Jocelyn Kerfoot again. I mean, don't either. Don't don't put Kerfoot on a fourth line. Come on, yeah. Jared. I mean, this is the junior league, junior hockey stuff here. I, I I don't get that part. I I thought that was, you know, on a night when the Avalanche really weren't that great offensively. I think you know Bednar's. Mixing around with the lines again didn't really work, you know. And yeah. I, you, know, you know, moving Kerfoot to fourth line is just when it didn't work. Look at tonight; yeah, their their offensive output sucked tonight. Like, why would you break up the second line that's been working for you just yes. because it didn't score last game? Like, so it what? Did. It scored like the five games before that, dude. What are you doing? Kerfoot's been a leading man of late in a lot of ways. And all of a sudden, he's fourth line. Come on, that's what I'm saying, man. I I. But you know what? NHL coaches, every NHL coach does this, and I don't get it when any of them do it. I don't get it. Like, you've got some guys, you know, that that's one of those things, like with the benching of Zadora. There have to be conversations going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to, and the players aren't living up to whatever expectations are being set, and the coach has to do something about it. Because otherwise, it makes no sense to me why this would continue. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I don't get it, man. Um... Uh- one more grade. I want to pick a bone though with you. Maybe uh, I thought I wrote my game takeaways that I thought is this Ian Cole. Yeah, like I know it's. I don't want. I don't care what his Corsi numbers were tonight. I think he was 
stepped up way, th- you know, tons tonight as a leader. You know, with what he did, he he's become I think I a cool, you know, so. Um, you gave him a B minus. I said A plus for all he did. I didn't think he was I bad. I, mean, I, I think tonight was a night where you could look at the puck possession numbers and say, "All right, what what really caused that? Was it Ian Cole not possessing? I mean, Ian Cole really didn't have a lot to say with a lot of way the puck was possessed tonight. I mean, they lost faceoffs. Oh, Ian Cole's shot share got skewed because of the very very end of the game when he was on the ice next to Johnson for the last like minute or so of the game. Yeah. Which was about the only time they put on any kind of pressure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, his his uh, some of his shot stuff got a little bit skewed at the very end, and I, I put that in there. I mean, I gave the guy a B. It wasn't like I had a, a big issue with him. Um, I thought I, I agree with you. Leadership, leadership wise, thumbs up. Um, I I mean, the big hit. I don't have any issue with. He has to fight in that situation. Uh, when a guy comes after him, he can't just yeah. turn it down. But he, he went after. So, uh, oh no, dude! It's so dumb that you have to defend a clean hit. Yeah, he he went after a couple of other guys too. I remember sticking up for guys. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm probably overblowing Ian Cole a little bit tonight. But I, to me, the guy just you know, wow. He's the more I see him play, the more I'm thinking, boy, what a one of the more underrated at the time free agent signings, but turning into <laughs> one of the better ones in the league. Dude, I'd have to go through the whole summer, but right now, of the three big moves Colorado made in the offseason, Ian Cole's been by far the best so far. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, he was, you know, Calvert was the other, you know. Calvert and Grubauer, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Grubauer was, yeah, Grubauer was, I'm, I'm thinking, free agent signing. He's had, it, yeah, no, Ian Cole, though, and, yeah. he's, you know, he's just been, uh, you know, he hasn't just been a good quote in the locker room. He's been really, really good on the ice. Uh, and I mean, the guy's even pitched in with eight points. Which yeah. I mean, well, we were well, we weren't talking about his offense at all. We yeah. said I said beginning of the year he might give you twenty, and yeah. that'd be great. And you know, he'll I think he'll probably end up right around there. But he's been way better for them offensively than I expected. Yeah, he's been way more aggressive. Uh, and a way bigger part of their their overall success than I thought. I I felt really good about his signing. I was really excited about it. I was really high on it. But he's even exceeded at my expectations. No, mine too. Uh, I know I didn't realize. I mean, there was a knock on him. That he was kind of a malcontent, kind of selfish guy. Believe it or not, in Pittsburgh, when he, uh, you know, there were some contract issues with him. Um, but uh, you know, there's no selfish selfishness that I see in, in on or off the ice. Uh, but I've certainly seen. It gives off no no impression of that at all. Seems like a, just a a fun guy, a nice guy, and uh, yeah, you know, really good hockey player. Uh, uh, they need Tyson Berry back, though, right? They uh, oh, man. They him a was... lot right now, bringing the puck out of the zone. Let's hope he comes yeah. back from Pittsburgh. I, I have a feeling he may come back that day. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the uh, release tomorrow that, um, well, Barbario's still hurt. So, He's on uh, IR now. What? He's on IR now. Right, right. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Shit. So that's, I mean, they obviously, something's obviously up with him. Did they do that post game, or I thought he was? Uh, yeah, they did. Uh, well, no, not this post game. They did it after the game the other day. 
Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. They snuck it in. They well, they didn't announce it. I had to find out from Cap Friendly. What's it retroactive to though? But uh, whatever day he got hurt. So, so the, I think it's I think it's five games, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I I think it's a week. So okay. Uh, so it'll be. I, I uh, guess I'm, I'm confused this week on the. Road. You know what I am? I'm confused a little bit by reading something I read in the media today. There wasn't us that said that maybe he'd play tonight, and yeah. I guess that wasn't even possible. No, he's he's on IR. So yeah, they would have to activate him from, from yeah, okay. IR for that to happen. Well, that, that goes to show what I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be go reading anything but uh, BSN number about anything Avalanche related. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, okay. Well, um, yeah, Pittsburgh Penguins Tuesday night. I'm expecting Groovy starts. What do you think, though? Do you think? Uh, yeah. uh, you can't you can't sit a guy after a shutout. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh. No, I think I think Barley will get the start, and then I think Gruby will get the start against Florida. Hmm. All right. Thursday. I have a feeling Gruby might start uh, okay. Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the Avalanche. Let's see. They they um, seven out of eight officially 11, 11 straight games with points though. AJ uh, nine oh two. Um. And we got a Barry coming back. Uh, uh, Kale McCarr is down in the future. We'll, I'm going to do a story on Kale McCarr uh, probably tomorrow, talking to mostly his coach for that story, uh, Greg Carvel, the UMass Amherst coach. You know, when I think about the Avalanche right now, I'm thinking, gosh, 37 points. They still got a Kale McCarr coming. Probably. Probably Connor Timmons come out at some point when the headaches lift, which I hear starting to slowly but surely get there. And I think you put that. For the record, and I will do this publicly, but I found your tweet the other day very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I talk to people too, though, man. No, 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 no. I I have no doubt that you did. You did your homework. I just I thought I I saw that and I just laughed. For those, let's let's get it out there. You heard the. Connor Timmons info earlier than I did that he, the you know, uh, he, could, he could play again by January. But that was kind of their hope. Their their target was January. So when I hear that shit from anybody, I'm gonna tweet it. Yeah, man, I'm, you gotta tweet this shit when you have it. Don't hold back, man. You know, you know why? It's because when I'm wrong about something, you get that one asshole that comes out of the woodwork. I'm not worried about the one asshole, and I'm sensitive to that. So no, don't be worried about the one asshole. It's there's one of those things that I've got to get past. Asshole. Dude, there's got to be like ten assholes when you get a bigger, bigger profile. Don't worry about anybody on social media. Yes, I say that now. Yeah, as somebody who used to come back fiercely at people on social media and argue and call names back to and all that stuff and got all they did was get me in trouble. Yeah. Number one. And number two, it's, it's who cares, you know, don't take it personally. Yeah. And, I, uh, I, I gotta get past it. I yeah. Gotta you gotta get past that, man. They, they, just think the, the bigger you get, the more a holes you're going to get. I mean, it, it's a compliment in a way that you're getting any, any a holes at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, you know, like I said, Detroit. I, I put out just enough of a tweet tonight that I got really? some, uh, some folks from their basements in Detroit upset with me, and 
Dude, I got like 500 emails back in the 90s about anything I said. You know, yeah, you got to get over that. Those, those were the I mean, days, huh? Death threats. Oh, good times. Death, death threats aren't good times. That's not cool. Especially no, it's not. But I, I got them. And, uh, you know, I didn't take them seriously. You know, it's uh, talky. Passions flow. <laughs> then And then... It's funny, I used to, I remember talking to Adam Foote back in the 90s. This was after like a Red Wing game. And I think it was the game with, uh, you know, when, uh, I think it was a uh, 96-97 season, the game in uh, regular season at McNichols Arena where Alexei Gusarov got crushed by Martin LaPointe and uh, uh, his tongue went back in his throat. Do you remember this, AJ, at all, the game I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. And then Rene Corbeck got a cheap shot, too, and his head, you know, like a massive cheap shot. And uh, uh, Pierre Lacroix accosted uh, Martin La- Martin Lapointe in the McNichols hallway within plenty of earshot of all us pe- media people right down the hall. And... Dave Lewis, the Red Wings coach, coming out and starting to scream at Lacroix and Lacroix coming right back at him and then LaPointe getting involved and almost <laughs> all three of them shoving and on the ice, just total cheap shot. And then after the game, I remember Adam Foote like walking up the hallway and I think he saw a couple Wings players like, hey, how's it going? You know, laughing. And then it was like, they were asking him, like, hey, Adam, how do you – how did you do that? How were you able to even look at them and talk to them? He's like, he's like, look, in hockey, no matter what happens after the game, there's no beefs. And I remember that just so uh, memorably, no beefs. Like, and I remember saying, though, how could you not want to kill those guys all the time? And he just said, that's the way it is. You, you, you hate them to, to death on the ice but after the game it's, it's just you shake your hands and there's no beefs obviously that's been broken a couple times but uh, yeah tonight's game you know not quite on the par of the old days but uh, yeah, for sure I'd like to see him play more I'd love to see more of that kind of hockey in general I'd like Yo. to have a little motion in the game too not just not just Corsi and shots on net and block shots and you know three to two wins you know well, hopefully so. with the uh, division realignment coming this week we'll uh you know yeah we'll we'll get some good news there yeah. yeah well all right well uh probably wrap it up here uh we'll get to your questions on the next podcast uh we, we've got uh just a few over the last couple so yeah. we'll let those build up a little more and get to those we've, we've gone on probably long enough tonight uh For sure. avalanche beat the red wings Two to nothing. Uh, we uh, we enjoyed talking about it. We'll enjoy talking about it tomorrow's Avalanche doings on the podcast as well. Uh, Tuesday night, Pittsburgh. After that, I'll be on the road, AJ, and then you're going to be on the road after that. Uh, yeah. Games. Yeah, we'll, so we'll have you more covered on uh, on the road scene, uh, content wise, on BSN Never. But uh, otherwise, we know we're still getting the best coverage. Is that what we always have to be there? So, uh, for AJ Hayfley, I'm Adrian Data. I want to thank everybody for listening. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast, hosted by, brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Uh, 
AJ, we're going to talk to you tomorrow night, probably. Yep. 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 That's when we'll be back. And uh, yeah, just the train keeps rolling, folks. The Avalanche tie for division lead tonight. Uh, second to uh, Nashville still in, in technicalities, but uh, basically tied for the conference lead in points and division. So uh, we're, we're, uh, we're going to have some fun here. Uh, let's uh, let's call it off for tonight. Adrian Dater signing off with AJ Havely. Thanks for listening, folks, and we will talk to you tomorrow.